Welcome back to The Hustle. It's John Lamoureux. Okay, this week's guest is... I'm going to butcher his name. He even tells me how to say it, and I I still struggle. Ben Volpelier Perot. I hope I did that right. He was the lead singer of Curiosity Killed the Cat. So if you remember, in the mid to late 80s, specifically around 1987, there were a bunch of alternative British blue-eyed soul groups coming out. We've covered a couple of them already. The Kane Gang... Hip Sway, there was Wet Wet Wet, there was Breathe, there was Swing Out Sister, there was Danny Wilson, there were a ton of these bands, and I've always loved this sound, especially these guys. Their first album, Keep Your Distance, is one of my favorites ever. Well, they had a handful of hits in the UK, it never quite cracked the US. This song did pretty well, this is Misfit, and it barely missed the top 40 in 1987. So in this conversation, we talk about, believe it or not, Andy Warhol was involved in the early days of the group. They only put out two albums in the 80s. One more, a third one when they cut their name down to Curiosity came out later. And that was pretty much it. Okay, I gotta, t- I gotta give you some background on this. This interview was actually done a while ago. Almost a year. It was done last May. And I've been hanging on to it for a long time because we had a lot of technical problems. His phone kept cutting out. And it would cut out for long stretches, 30 seconds, a minute. It it would get dropped, and he was kind enough to call back in, but eventually that kept happening, and it just, there was no rhythm established in this conversation. It was really herky-jerky, and he is one of the reasons I started this podcast, in hopes of tracking down Ben, specifically, because I love them so much, and I wanted to know what he was up to. And it actually took a lot of doing, I had to go in all these alternative channels, finding people who might know him, people who wrote articles on him a long time ago, who may still have a contact for him. It was not easy. And it wasn't easy scheduling this or getting him to commit. And so I'm releasing it because I worked hard on it. He was gracious enough to do it. I love the music so much, and he inspired this podcast in the first place. And Yan does a beautiful job here of cleaning it up, plus... I'd like to think I've gotten better at this over the last nine months. And so if I had known what the challenges were going to be, I would approach it very differently. It's kind of a missed opportunity for me. Of all the people who I've talked to, he was one of the ones I wanted to talk to most. But I hope you get something out of this. I hope you're reminded of how great the music is. He called me from his home in London. Now, first and foremost, you have to tell me how to pronounce your last name, which I'm sure you've done a million times. It's basically Volpellier, like Montpellier. Okay. And then the last part is Piero, like the Piero French entertainer clown that's that's got like the white suit with the with the yes. big buttons and the tear on the tear drawn on the on the face. So it's yeah, Volpellier Piero. Okay. Volpe- yeah, Volpellier Perio. Did I do Piero, that right? Piero. It's like Peter, like Piero. Pierre. Yeah. Piero, yeah. Piero. That's it. Okay. 
got, you got it. it. Okay, yeah. I did it. Thank you, man. I've been wondering sure. that for thirty years. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one. It's one of those things that people kind of presume that I will have made it up for as a stage <laughs> name, and, and I try and explain to them that if I had made a stage name, that I, I would make something a bit more simple and understandable. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. So I always kick these things off with sort of a story of how I inter- how I discovered the person or an anecdote about them. First right. of all, I have to tell you that keep your distance. And this may sound a little silly. It's probably in my top ten favorite albums of all time. And wow. I know, yeah. And I know that those spots are meant to be reserved for like Bob Dylan and the Velvet Underground and stuff like that. And I love all that too. But keep your distance is just—it's my version of kind of comfort food. You know, it's wow. that album you put on that just makes you feel good, makes you feel wow, nostalgic. Cool. So yeah, and I uh, so I, I don't know how often you hear that. But I uh, I love it. It means a great deal to me. Well, I mean and, that that means a great deal to me. I mean with with, with me and us, like we we blew we blew um, any success in America because we were given a certain a certain budget to visit all the radio stations, etc. Oh. And uh, our manager at the time just took the whole budget and and organized like five or six like exclusive gigs. In uh, New York, Miami, L.A., San Francisco, you know, um, yeah, whatever. So, 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 even though we had a great time and and they were they were sort of quite monumental gigs, like our, our chances of of doing yeah. proper promotions, which which as everyone knows, or or maybe maybe it's not so much now, but that it used to be. You, you had like every state is like another country, really, isn't it? And yeah, yeah, you have, it really you is. Success in America, or even even recognition that that would have like given us a chance to have success you know it's you, it's uh it's, it's a cassette that's still in their car like yeah. they got in their car and like you know it's been their it's been their favorite album for a while like i say from, from Amer- americans and I, th- I think maybe because it's also it's got a certain credibility not having been um had, had a lot of chart success or whatever so it so it's right so it, people can feel it's personal to them in a way which yeah. i understand that's good like a cult i saw the cult following in a way maybe yeah yeah, that's true. I mean, I will say that that sometimes, sometimes like it's a choice of one thing or the other. Like you can't have both. You can't have the credibility and and the sort of uh, like I say that sort of pers- the personal touch. If you yeah. if, um, if you don't if you um, if you have the commercial success, one gives you the opportunity to to carry on and and whatever, and the other one, <laughs> which is what we yeah. had. Um, was a bit bit disappointing, really. But you know, yeah. I, I I I think that there's 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 the future still. Good, good. Okay. I was trying to think, and tell me, I, I don't, I remember first hearing you guys, and I'm not yeah. even sure that this is real, but I I feel like when I was a kid, when I, in 1987, I would have been four, 14, I feel right. like late at night, middle of the night, there was a show on TV just a couple of times, and I feel like it was live from Montreux, and do you even know what I'm talking about? Was it a Montreux jazz festival or pop festival? Yeah, I just it, it was remember a, it was you guys festival. and Terrence Trent Darby, and there were other right. artists. But those were the two that I, I had never heard of that I fell right. in love with watching that in the middle of the night. Does that even sure. ring a bell? Yes, I mean, I, um, I think I think on YouTube there's there's a performance of one song or something from Montreux. Okay, but I was uh, looking I, for I, it. I couldn't find it. I didn't know if I was. 
I mean, it was a long time ago. I'm not even sure if I'm remembering this right, but that's what I feel yeah. like I first heard you. So that yeah, was I a mean, thing. I, you did do the Montreux something festival. That's right, yeah. Yeah, okay. we did that one, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that that's, when I, that's when I first heard you. Cool, nice one. So, yeah, that would have been 87, right? So you were 14 yep. years old. 14 years old, yeah. So I, you got to tell me, yeah. You know, your sound is so sophisticated, and there were so many other bands that were putting out sort of the blue-eyed soul, that's what everybody calls it, British blue-eyed soul music at the, in that year. In fact, I made a list. Living in a Box, Swing Out Sister, Johnny Hates Jazz, Wet, 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 Danny Wilson, Breathe, all bands with sort of a similar jazzy, funky vibe. What was going on that you all came together at one time what were you were, was this starting in clubs somewhere was it more manufactured than that where was this sound coming from yeah well i mean you know that's that's the first time that i've, re, I've really looked at it in, in that in that kind of from that perspective because i always sort of saw us as a bit different from everyone else but of course like if 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 uh, taken from that perspective i can see i can see where we we would have had some continuity with them and I suppose, yeah, I suppose it was like a throwback from the punk thing and then the, like, new wave and okay. sort of new romantic and stuff like that. And then, like, funky kind of rare groove warehouse party type stuff, I think, I think was a big influence from, like, 84, 85, around that time. And, okay. and, and yeah, I, I, think, I think that that's where maybe a lot of the sort of jazz and reggae influence, like, came yeah. in. But I suppose no one wanted to actually produce a particular type of music, so it was a, it was a, it was a question of being influenced. And like Sade, do you remember Sade? Yeah, I was gonna. Yes, I was gonna draw a parallel to Sade. Like yeah. I say, had a jazzy thing and a, a sort of funky thing, and um, yeah, I, I mean, um, um, I, I suppose, I mean, it was definitely a, a subliminal sort of movement. Okay. Because, uh, because you know. We yeah. hadn't planned it, and, and uh, you know, no one else had really talked to us about it, sort of thing. Huh. So, yeah, okay. I think that's probably, yeah, as you say, the blue-eyed soul thing, which, yeah. um, which I suppose, yeah, it makes sense, really. <laughs> well, it's kind interesting, of, because Sade is still around, and she's very well-respected, and, you know, no one is going to call Sade sort of a flash in the pan or anything like that. Whereas a lot of those, a lot of your band, the bands that I was just mentioning are just yeah. as good and also play their instruments and also have their bona fides and producing something along kind of the same lines. I'm not saying it's derivative in any way. I love your music, as I've said. But right. why does she get to carry on and be respected and everyone else is more, you know, their their careers didn't last or it's not given the same amount of respect do you understand what I'm yeah. saying? I hope that doesn't hurt your feelings. I'm just telling no, you what, no, I, no, no. what I perceive no, I from mean, an American perspective. No, I mean, it's always hard to to sort of um, address when a band has not had, like, continuing success and stuff. Because yeah. every, everyone's got a different reason. And people say to me, like, why did the band, like, finish? And my answer is, well, um, for me, it never really has finished. But we broke up because uh, because we were we were a... We were a proper like team, and um, when one member left, it upset the balance. And so, from then, we were never going to be the curiosity. And then the other members just sort of dropped away, and then I started doing gigs. You know, I was watching I just recently in the last few weeks a concert so, of yours was posted. Can yeah. you hear me? 
yeah, yeah. concert of yours was posted on YouTube, and I've watched it a couple times. And I mean, it's wonderful. But I was just noticing there's like 30 people on the stage practically, and I'm thinking, how does a band as sophisticated as yours, with that you know complex and lush of a sound, how do you hone that sound in a club with all those people? Is that how right. it worked? Well, I mean, were you guys playing in clubs and you got discovered and signed to a deal? How did it happen? Yeah, well, um, it it came it came about like like really unconsciously, like essentially, essentially, we find a wave and, and then you ride on it, and then other you find other people like like appreciating the same wave, and then they get on it. We were eleven piece, like um, as as a, as a standard rule, like you know, three horns, two singers, percussion, keyboard, bass. And, and me and, and so yeah we weren't really going to earn a lot of money with the extravagant sort of uh, yeah. lineup that we had on stage but but yeah i mean in a way that's what we relied on the sound the sound was really important because because if you because if you strip down the players or try and recreate like a horn on a keyboard or something uh-huh. you're you're start you're starting to talk about a completely different sound and and our sound yeah. it was always striving for the analog like um, natural, okay, and classic classic instruments. These actually gain us more players to come and play for like lot of, not a lot of money because they were enjoying it as well. And that that was a part of our philosophy, Good. if you like. That, Good. That you know, there's no point doing it if you're not enjoying it. And yeah, and that's, totally. That's, that's also why we we all wrote like our parts in each song. You know, occasionally what one would suggest to another player, like a key change or whatever. But but basically, everyone was was um, in charge of their own parts, and so it really it really made for a nice little democracy, you know, and uh, Good. everyone everyone sort of feeling equal and enjoying themselves, really. Good. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, how do you feel about then the uh, the you know your debut album, Keep Your Distance, because. When I listen to one thing, I'll give you an example. When I listen to the live version of Misfit that's on this concert I was just talking about, yeah. there are no yeah. like sax bursts that, to me, sort of carry that song. That da 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 da. You know what I mean? Yeah. Da da da. That's all. And I'm and I'm guessing those are synth horns, not actual horns on the album. Whatever they are, they're great, and they're this like yeah. driving chug, but they don't. That's not what the song sounds like live. Sense of the chalk, leave a running water in a confined space. You're not to blame, you're not the same. Just get on the case. Well, that that particular concert live from London was actually filmed before we'd uh, released our first single uh. um, and stuff. 
it was just it was like um it was when we just first signed up with phonogram and we went in the studio and did like two weeks of demos and then and then did like started doing promotions and that was one of the promotions so when we got in the studio you asked me was i happy with with the outcome well I i was happy with the outcome to a certain extent i mean uh i didn't you know I'm more of an easy listening type of, you know, listener, and I like like nice sounds. So that that kind of ugly sound I felt like was, you know, in in order in order to sort of separate us from other other bands, and in order to cut through on radio level, I suppose. Like I just went with it. But I, a lot of the time, I I used to just go with the general consensus because if I was to take control and and sort of make things the way that I wanted them it would be more my band and and my thing yeah. and 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 I, I was I've been I've been kind of fighting I was fighting that like the whole time second of all I hate, hate terms like you know front man and all that blah, 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 because I was just I was just a singer in in a band and right. and for me that was that was the most important thing People just didn't maybe understand the difference, or kind of, um, be, you know, it didn't really bother them, like yeah. either way. But now, okay. um, as you as you said, like it, it's kind of more significant, and younger people can maybe understand it better and stuff than yeah. before. But you know, we were we were just innocent and you know, in a way, happy-go-lucky. You know, we, I suppose we had high standards, but we also had a, like a tongue-in-cheek sort of attitude where. If it was going to be a success, then great. But nothing, nothing took precedence to anything else. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Like, like, right. um, like it's, it's just, it was just all, it's just all about a balance. And so okay. we, you know, we loved it on the road, but we loved it in the studio. Like the only things we didn't really enjoy so much was like maybe doing too many pictures, mm. just to speak to people, you know, or whatever, and looking their eyes, piece of paper and signing whatever, and like. And interviews all the time. It's, yeah. You know, it's not. It's never bad to do one or two or three, or whatever. But if when they start like rinsing you for business reasons or whatever, yeah, then then, right. then it start then it starts to sort of damage your soul in a way. You know. Sure. You, you, yeah, you're using sure. your energy. Like you get confused about how, about what kind of energy to put out to what things, and sometimes you find you be given too much energy to something that's not, you know. Yeah, artistic or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. But but, um, but you know, we were we were we were all still naive and learning and everything at, at the time. And so you got to tell me how Andy Warhol got involved. I mean, that's sort of a you know a benchmark to your career and a interesting story to the near the end of his. That yeah. did he just take a liking to you? How did he he directed the Misfit video, right? Yeah. Um, how did this happen? Um, at the time, at the time, um, the record company had said that they weren't going to pay, f- and it was our first release. We heard Andy Warhol was exhibiting for the first time in 20 years, and we went, we sort of gate crashed the exhibition and had our picture taken with him, and then, then uh-huh. he, yeah, he sort of took a liking to us. He wanted to hear our music. Okay. He, he invited us that night to Cafe Royale, which is up in Piccadilly in, in the, the West End, and. Uh, nice. There was a, there was like art buyers and stuff from all around the world, and um, so we had dinner, and then then um, our manager sent around a cassette that night for him to hear the song, 
in the morning he called up and said that he wanted to he wanted to make a video. So no way. So we put it out to, to our record company, and our record company said, well, um, because it's Andy Warhol, they got us a budget. And then one week one week later, we were in New York shooting it. No way. Like, no really, way. Surreal, yeah. 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 It was like um, it was just just you know it, it was in a way um. Uh, like how much of our lives were at that time, you know, just just following just following the good energy and yeah, and he didn't he didn't live much longer, so that was one of the last things that he did, really, right? Yeah, yeah, it was re- it was really you know it's a real shame, but I mean I think that it's better to have um, worked with him than not worked at all. It was it was just great, it was just great. We you know we had we had a really good time, and, and it's, just, it's a shame, like you say, that we could we couldn't have. Um, then linked up and done something else later. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it was all very spur of the moment, and yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> huh. So how, why did the band break up? I mean, uh, I believe the, uh, is the bass player Nick, right? Was he the yeah. first one to leave? What happened? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, I suppose, the record business at the time. I don't know, probably... Probably uh, you'd have to ask him why okay. he left. I think it just wasn't working because of the way that the world was going with digital music and stuff, and people yeah. wanting to sample things, loop things, and you know our, our play our players were determined to stay stay old fashioned in a way. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and so you know it kind of loosened loosened the uh, the grip on 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 all our. You know, but also the, the 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 industry like wasn't conducive really to to what we wanted to do and where we where we wanted to go. If the record company had chosen the right songs at the time to get hits or whatever, then maybe we maybe that he he'd never have left. But the fact is that when we released Name and Number, it was a big joke because it, it was the same recording as we'd done two years prior. heard it they said oh no it's, it's it's too busy it's got too many too many words and you know uh-huh. blah, blah blah and so we went so we went took a two-year like working all around the world with different producers and here and there and everywhere in in like 1988 beginning of 1988 so after being out of the, of the public eye for two years 
uh-huh. you're really going to lose a lot of momentum. Right. But then, I mean, we all like the ballad and stuff, but we never, ever would have released it as a second single of an album. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, if you look on the album, get ahead. This one, Do Your Believing. As we hip-hop away from our bodega With a pocky bamboo and a six-pack fruit My honeybee performs a Sega Until a pair of Puerto Ricans intercept our view I gotta tell you they were okay uh, uh. But do freestyle type religions All the craze Score strike at a temping bowling place If y'all believe it Do y'all believe it Now For we amazing track in the world but I think it definitely would have been a hit like after huh. name of number I mean you could even see you could even see the track list it's like that you go yeah. and release like this slow one which is very very weird and, and I think that like that kind of thing the lack of lack of communication one person will say yeah definitely this is going to happen and then and then next minute they've they've Made different negotiations and something else happens. You know what I mean? So right, right. I think I think that tore us apart a bit. You know, yeah, it's a pity. That is a pity. So then the third album comes out eventually, years later, and I think it only comes out in Japan, and it's under yeah. the name Curiosity. Well, now I don't see the sun in the sky on a rainy morning. Can't wait for the sun to come along and push the clouds away. Well, I don't mind when it rains, cause everything is it. But when I'm with my baby in the park, I wish it would quit the rain. Come bring me the sunshine. going on by yeah. then. I, I really love that third album, by the way. Get Ahead is, yeah. I, I like, I, I don't love every song on it, um, but right. I really love the the uh, Back to Front album a lot. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a mishmash of, because um, when, when we when we went with Simon Cowell to do Hang On In There Baby, that's when we oh, changed Curiosity. Yeah. yeah. And then he he went and released the second single after Hang, after Hang On In There, 
with a song that that we didn't even approve as like as to release as a single. I happen to have done a vocal to Tina Marie's "I Need Your Loving," and oh. he went and he went and mixed it and and decided to release it, and it didn't chart. So, you know, but we had we had ideas to put out this one, "Give Me the Sunshine." We were all ready to do it, and then he changed his mind. But you know, again, that's you know, you can't you can't really say that to people without it sounding really whiny and like some excuse right. why like, it didn't have success. But I mean, it's, it's, it's there in black and white. You can see, like, there's no way we would have picked those songs to follow up the hits or whatever. And yeah. just, so it doesn't make any sense. But you know, I'm, I'm not bitter towards Simon Carroll like for that. Although I think that, it, I think that it's a testimony to how like, pe- like people need to be vetted a bit more before they're considered like yeah. Heroes. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, um, the fact is that, that, so that album was a mishmash of that kind of stuff, some cover versions, and some stuff that I did with a guy called Ron Tom. I, I did a lot of the tracks, like, on my own. Like, Julian did a couple of guitar bits, but um, by that time, like, we weren't really performing as a band anymore. We weren't really doing gigs, we were doing, like, PAs and stuff. And the record company at the time wanted me to go solo, which was oh. pretty horrible. Because like we'd already signed, we'd already signed to do this album, and so then they had with this cloud following us during that album, where the record company just, you know, because I said, well, you got, you got to finish this album, you can't just drop the band now, even if you do consider to go solo. So yeah. anyway, we finished the album, they released it in Japan, dropped the band, and they decided that it wasn't the direction that they really wanted to go in, and they dropped me. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, but at the time they had like Kylie Minogue and Worlds Apart and Take That, whatever, on their on uh-huh. the labels. So, so it, yeah, like, you know, you can see, you can see that that's not the direction they want. Yeah, uh, it'd be ridiculous right. to think I was going to go in the same direction as them. I mean, what would be the point in that? You know. Yeah. Anyway, right. So, so yeah, like again, like I say, it sounds really like even me hearing myself say all this, it sounds really like whiny and it sounds like. No. Like I'm excuses, you know? No. But, um, that's, but that's my, that's my point story. Of sure. Yeah. This is, mm-hmm. I mean, I, like I said, I only reach out to the bands that I love that I don't hear right. very much from. And so people's stories right. are very similar, you know? It's a lot of label politics and one thing or another yeah. that just doesn't add up. And it, they're the victims, and it's really unfortunate. That's why I seek people like you out. So now I believe now. Do you, okay, one of the things we talk about on here is sort of the money side of how how artists pay, continue to pay their bills, and I, yeah. I I was happy to see that for the last few years I believe you do a lot of the kind of retro uh, concerts and tours and stuff like yeah. that. But there has to have been a period there, of maybe even a big one, where those kind of tours weren't in fashion. So for most of the '90s. What did you do to pay your bills? How did you ever have well, to go that, get a regular well, I, job, I, I, or have I you was, always been a musician? I, yeah, no, I've, I've done a, I've done a few different bits and pieces, like paint effects on furniture and um, des- designing. Uh, my girlfriend designed sofas, and we did like all sorts of different aesthetical stuff, like um, interiors and you know, kind of uh, specialized decorating and stuff. Okay. Because like it's fun and it's a satisfying job and it's and it's sure. um, out out of the music business so that I I can uh, you know <laughs> I can uh, take a break or whatever but um, yeah. but really yeah really I was remembering that remembering the 80s from from like 
mid ninety. Really. Oh, okay. Yeah, just like like not the big tours and stuff. A lot of um, doing a lot of like just clubs and um, you know okay. discos. Then then in in I mean it was, it was the year two thousand one I think that I started to do the, the here and now tours, but yeah. I've come to I've come to an actual end of that now. I I, I don't want to do I don't want to do the old stuff unless it's unless it's combined with some new stuff. You know really? what I mean? Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because because I'm not with the, with the old band anymore. Like, I, yeah, I, I it's was just, just you basically doing these shows, right? So I want to get a new band together and just do new do new kind of stuff and then okay. and then then for a trip there if if wanted do some old stuff but um, okay. but I, I don't want that to be the main thing like at the moment um, not yeah. to mention the fact not to mention the fact that the band the band has said that I can't use the name unless they're uh, playing along with me so okay but but they but they don't want to do, they don't want to do the gig so it's got it's kind okay. of a vicious circle you know <laughs> right okay. You're wanting to start a new band, start fresh, yeah. new name, new yeah. everything, and sure. focus on that. And at, at those gigs, you'll play some Curiosity Killed the Cat sh- songs. Sure, that's not people your want primary it. focus. Exactly. Right. And I also also DJ a bit and stuff as well. So so like I, even making a night of it, like you can have a jam session, and then you can have like a proper. You know, you you can you can just space it out over the night, but. But that wouldn't be obviously in every situation. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm up for opportunities, and I have actually taken a couple of opportunities from from Facebook connections, like in the last few years. Yeah, it's got me, it's got me over to Italy and a couple of other places, doing singles here and there and gigs and stuff. So cool. like, I'm 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 open to I'm definitely open to suggestions and um, opportunities. Okay. Like if someone wanted to fly me over, fly me over to uh, Mont- um to uh, where are you? Denver. Denver, Denver, Colorado. Yeah. Colorado. Yeah, I I would jump on the plane and come over. You know, so. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that would that would be. I dream about that. I always think oh, cool. my kind of a goal in life is that if I could be wealthy enough that I could afford to pay Ben to come play at my house, my song. Yeah. <laughs> I that that's like my dream before I die. That's all, that's like right. number one on my bucket list is to do that. Right. Well, um, well, you might not have have the have the money to do that, but I'm sure you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe if I get all my friends together, we put a pool and we get you. We get a pool of money together and we fly you out. Exactly. Something like that. That's the dream. Wow. There is actually a, 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 like pledge music or something like that where people can people can pledge money in in order to hopefully have an artist come near them or to their town like eventually yeah. and th- then they automatically get tickets as soon as it is organized but yeah. yeah i'm 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 i mean since breaking up from the band last year i'm really like on a new tip and i'm doing some new singles and you know just new recording and i'm very you know, cool so hopefully you should hear from hear something from me soon but i'll let you know yeah so you've got so you're this is happening you're you're writing new music, recording new music under this new band. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Basically. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, oh man, I would love to hear that. So, oh, like, I-, I noticed, for instance, recently, did you put out a single as curiosity of the Doobie Brothers song "Long Train Coming"? Down around the corner, half a mile from here. See them long trains running and watch them disappear without love. Where would you be right now? 
I was listening to the radio one Sunday night when, when they do the charts, and uh-huh. there was like a pe- people's choice kind of thing, and there was there was a, a, a run, um, you know, a, a countdown of the chart with like all well-known bands, and then it said a number one, Curiosity Killed the Cat, and that that was a real buzz. Wow, I was like in a tower block looking over London, and I just thought all these people are like voting for us, and I just thought yeah. that's, that's a real buzz, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's mm. great. Mm. Oh, I'm so happy. I I don't yeah. know. I don't know because I live over here. What you know, the legacy of Curiosity Killed the Cat is. I just know that they've. You've always meant the world to me. And I don't know. Right. Too, I don't have too many friends who, you know, would remember the band or anything. And understandably, right. I'm a I'm a deep music head kind of guy. So I yeah. know I know more than most of my friends do anyway. But. I, yeah. I don't know what the legacy is, so it just right. well, makes me so um, happy to know that you're still out there. You know, but I, I never really really knew or realized at the time. I mean, you'd see yourself in magazines and you'd hear that, that there's certain kind of appreciation, but you never really know. And then when yeah. I'm looking at, like, um, YouTube or whatever, I look on Down to Earth, and, um, and I'm seeing comments from four months ago, three months ago, you know, two weeks ago, yeah. Four, yeah. four minutes ago, Still, people are still making comments, and so occasionally I'd I'd put a little comment out on there, like to say how blown away I am and stuff. Because um, I really I really appreciate it. You know what I mean? After yeah. all this time. <laughs> I do. Oh, that's great. Mm. Well, good. Do you have any regrets? What What is like the biggest regret when you look back on your career? I suppose, in hindsight, like insecurity, like. Um, oh, really? Like, Interesting. Like, like insecurity in in making choices. Not yeah. being insecure about making choices because, um, like we said before, like with commercial success, there's lots of great things about it, but then then you're missing out on on other cooler things. And I kind of wish that I'd been more forthright with making yeah. decisions. But I suppose it's just, you know, it it, it came it came out it came out as, as sort of being cool, which is which is cool. But um, right. in a way, I, in a way, I, I wish I'd I wish I'd been more. Kind of, um, I've taken the reins a bit now. I wish right. I had had done, but at the time it didn't seem right. So yeah, you know, right. sometimes you just have to let go. <laughs> okay, right. Are you still close oh. at all or friendly with the other guys in the band? We fell we fell out a little bit because of this okay. name thing and all that. But yeah. so, so I don't, right. I don't really know. I haven't sp- I haven't spoken to them in a year, so okay. I don't know. <laughs> okay. You never know. That's I mean, true. I never say never, but you know. Sure. We'll see. Okay. All right, John. Okay. Well, look, uh, this means a lot to me, Ben. You've brought cool. hours of joy to my life. Thank you so much Thank for you. being the artist that you are. You've made my life a better place because of Absolute your music, pleasure, man. and uh, I appreciate it so much. There you have it. I've been calling him Ben VP, so I'll just keep saying that since it's easier. Thank you, Ben, for talking to me. I wish I could do that one over. As I said, he was one of the reasons I started this podcast was to try and find him and learn more about him and what he was up to and uh, I just wish it had gone differently but hopefully everybody heard some songs in there that they loved Can't, uh, Keep Your Distance as I said one of my top 10 favorite albums of all time unashamedly and also thank you Yan for making that sound as good as it could I really appreciate that guys if this is your first time finding us or hearing us please uh, you can like our Facebook page you can communicate with us that way if you want you can send me an email at thehustlepod at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at thehustlepod. Uh, if there's a band or an artist or somebody that you haven't heard from for a long time, 
that you love, please let me know and I'll do my best to try and track them down and get them on the show. Also, I want to tell you, so a little tease for next week. Next week's guest had one of the first a video played within the first 24 hours that MTV was on the air. He has a really interesting pedigree. Uh, he's a little bit of a power pop luminary. So I hope you guys come back and uh, find out who that one is as well. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. What you do